You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 106. Hey, hi, and howdy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am really excited for today's episode because, also FYI, real quick, if you can hear some sort of like noise in the background, it's because I'm feeding my baby right now and he basically makes the funniest little noises when he gets fed, so... Um, that's what that is. Um, I have decided recently to really just hone in on this whole motherhood entrepreneur thing. I feel like for the first few weeks of being a mom and having my baby, I've tried to almost like separate the two of like, okay, this is business and work and this is motherhood. And, um, That might be somewhat more possible if you go uh, somewhere else for your job and you don't work from home or um, if you have like childcare available to you, but I don't really have that um, being that I live in a rural area. I don't live super close to family. Um, It is just me with my baby all day and trying to still do business things and um, I tried really hard to pretend like the two did not overlap and that is just not realistic at all um, and that's not how it actually goes so I've decided to just own it and uh, lean into that and that there's a good chance that on this podcast especially during guest interviews when I have to hold my baby during them and try to keep him quiet um, you might hear him every now and then and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that um, I know so many of you are probably going through similar things and I want this to be realistic of what this is actually like being a mom and an entrepreneur and that you can still do all the things. It just might look a little different than you thought it would. So anyway, there's my little motherhood tangent. Um, I'm kind of have momhood, momhood, motherhood on the brain um, being that one, it's what I do 24-7, but also um, I just got done with a really amazing conversation with Meg Evans, who is our guest today, and I'm really excited to introduce you to her and for you guys to hear what we chatted about because it is all about business financing. And that's not something that I've talked about super frequently on the show. So I'm really excited to bring an expert in to do the talking for me because by no means am I a financial expert um, in this area. And Meg is full of so much knowledge. She's a bookkeeper. Um, She's actually a virtual bookkeeper for coaches and creative entrepreneurs. And she's a licensed CPA. And she bridges the gap between traditional tax accountants and day-to-day business operations. Her mission is to make bookkeeping simple so that you can own up to your role as the leader in your industry and your household and I just love that she is the sweetest person ever and she's actually also currently pregnant so her little man will be due here um, in just a few months so that's really really exciting And so we just had a really great conversation about motherhood, entrepreneurship, finances, bookkeeping, taxes, all the things that nobody ever wants to talk about in their business. Uh, We're talking about it. And I think it was just such a great conversation too, because so much of what we talked about is often really intimidating for business owners and for entrepreneurs. Nobody really wants to deal with the numbers in their business. That can be super scary. Um, So I think it was such a good thing to break down and just be open and honest about and Um, I hope that it makes you feel less intimidated when it comes to tracking your business finances and getting a hold of the numbers um, that make you grow. So um, without further ado, let's uh, let's dive on into this interview and uh, here's Meg. 
Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. There's a good chance that if you've been around here before, you've heard me talk about HoneyBook, but never like this. Right now, you can get the ultimate tool that I use for my business for only $1 per month for your first eight months. That's $8 for eight months to have access to all the features that keep my business up and running. After the eight months is up, you can choose to get on a monthly subscription or an annual one or cancel entirely if it's not your cup of tea. HoneyBook is perfect for any small service-based businesses as it is the all-in-one solution to everything you could possibly need. Keep everything from client communication to documents, payments, scheduling, and more all in one easy organized place. Personally, I love that HoneyBook has contract templates ready to use as well as email templates, questionnaires, and brochures. They even have free account migration so that if you've been sending out these things in another way, they will set up your account with your current documents for free. And did I mention that you can get paid through HoneyBook? This was such a game changer for me because now I can put clients on payment plans and track them all in one place. And if someone is late on a payment, HoneyBook sends them a reminder email automatically automatically for me. So I can skip the awkward, where's my money email. Introverts, I know you feel me on that one. To give HoneyBook a try for only $1 per month, head over to sarahelrod.com slash HoneyBook and click the link. This is a business resource you are going to wish you had sooner. Hello, Megan. Thanks for being on the show. Do you prefer, before we get started, do you prefer Meg or Megan? Because I saw it right, like written out both ways. Um, either way, but usually I go by Meg. Okay. I'll call you Meg then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No worries. Well, awesome. I'm so happy to have you here and thank you for willing to come on the show and share all your knowledge and wisdom. Um, this is a topic that I feel like a lot of people need to hear about and be more willing to discuss just finances and business in general. And, uh, it's kind of intimidating to a lot of people. So I'm really excited to like dive into this. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we get started into too much, um, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, kind of how you got to be where you were and all the things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, my name's Meg and I am the owner of Born to Rome Bookkeeping. And my business kind of came about in 2020 actually was the year I got married and my wedding photographer, actually, she found out my husband and I are both CPAs and she was freaking out. She was like, I need your help. Like I'm so lost. I'm help me. And so at the time I was working in corporate and, um, I'm trying to think, yes, I think I was working in taxes at the time. So I knew I didn't want to do any more taxes because I was already doing it and I didn't enjoy the work very much, but I still have such a passion for finances that I took a few months and I was just thinking, you know, how can I help this person with their business finances without 
like actually doing taxes, because I know that that's the first thing that people usually freak out about. They're mostly worried they're going to go to jail for filing their taxes wrong or um, just have a lot of anxiety around tax time, especially business owners, because they have to manage their money so well and plan for tax time. And so a few months later, I went back to her and I said, hey, do you need help with your bookkeeping? And so she's like, what's that? (laughs) And so I kind of just explained to her, you know, I would help you manage, you know, the back end of your business and help you prepare on the finance side and help you prepare for tax time. And that way um, your tax preparer will have, you know, you will not only have all the information you need throughout the year to manage your money, but then come tax time, you will be prepared and everything's ready for your tax preparer as well. So she said, yes. And so that's how originally it started and we ended up working together for, well, we're still working together, but she became my first client and kind of got kicked off from there. So that's kind of the background of how the bookkeeping business came to be. Um, but yeah, so now I serve a lot of creative entrepreneurs, a lot of, um, photographers, wedding planners, um, a variety of, of different service-based businesses. Ooh, that's so cool. I didn't realize that your husband is also CPA. That's kind of fun. Do you like that you guys do the same thing or does that get like complicated? (laughs) Yeah. So we actually met in school, like in the accounting program. So that's kind of how that came to be. um, We're both hoping that our son is not going to be a CPA because (laughs) there was some people who were in our accounting classes who like their parents were both CPAs. So that's what they did. But no, just kind of a coincidence, but there's so many different specialties within accounting that we don't, we actually kind of ended up doing the same thing, but there's so many different, you know, avenues you can go down uh, in terms of the accounting and finance world, but it does make for interesting conversation because we can tend to bring work home with us sometimes, but we try not to. I could totally see that. That's funny that you don't want him to be a CPA. <laughs> I love that. We're like, please don't do, don't yeah. do what we did, but please we love it. it. But if you want to, but don't do it because, you know, because we're CPAs. Right. Don't feel like you have to. Yeah. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. For anybody who's listening who doesn't know, she's pregnant. <laughs> and the irony of that was we had this uh, episode scheduled to be recorded when I was pregnant. And then I literally gave birth like two days before we were supposed to do yeah. it. So we had to post your Instagram. I was like, uh, I think we should probably postpone this. You're all, uh, you're in the hospital. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that. Yeah. That was kind of a crazy whirlwind of a weekend for sure. Um, but that's super exciting. And I'm so excited that you're going to have a little baby. Is that like, does the thought of like having a baby and like being able to do what you do, does like the balance of that kind of freak you out at all? Or do you feel like you're pretty confident moving forward with all of it? Yeah, I think in, you know, part of the reason with wanting to pursue my own business and get out of the corporate world was because I wanted to have kids and have the flexibility and the freedom to be able to choose my schedule. You know, if I want to put them in daycare or get a nanny for a few hours a week to get some work done, I can do that. But it's not like my kid is going to have to be in daycare for 50 plus hours a week that they probably would have been if I stayed in corporate. So I am really, really nervous for like not having the traditional maternity leave in terms of like being able to check out completely. It's kind of more subjective and 
by design, I guess. So that is a little bit nerve wracking, but it is really, really nice to have the freedom to choose how I want to structure that. Yeah. I think that was hard for me too. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but it was just like maternity leave in general as a business owner, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe being that we're going to talk about finances, this can kind of lead into it. But for me, it's the fact of not every business is set up to where you have like passive income coming in, or maybe it's not enough passive income, even if you have a little bit to get you through. You know, if you're at a traditional job, you might have a paid maternity leave. So you can take three months off and completely check out, or even six weeks off and just check out and be with your baby. Whereas I feel like as a business owner, either you have to plan way in advance to know that you're going to be covered financially for those months that you're not working, or you don't get to take a super long maternity leave. You don't get that luxury. And so it is kind of a, I feel like catch 22 sort of thing. Like, you know, you're, you get the luxury of making decisions as a business owner and you get to work from home and, and, you know, make your own schedule in a sense, but you also maybe don't have as much financial security as you would at like a traditional nine to five. So that can definitely be a little stressful. Um, but maybe we can kind of go into some ideas or tips on how to save or something like that. Um, I (laughs) feel like that's that is important as a business owner is to make sure that you understand like where your money is, how much money you have coming in and going out. Cause even if you're not um like even if you don't have a lot of passive income, I think it's important to just know like what the next few months look like for you mm-hmm. if you have money coming in. Um and if you don't, then to get ready for all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky too with the babies because you never you never know when they're gonna debut and you're never gonna know what type of baby you're going to have. I mean, my sister's youngest is a literal angel. She doesn't cry and she slept through the night really quickly. So, you know, you might be able to get back to work quicker with a baby like that, but, um, you don't know when they're going to come, you know, they might be two weeks early, two weeks late. So it's like, you want to, it is, it's really a difficult balance, but Um, you learn as you go, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Motherhood is a trip. If you're a type A person that likes everything to be like (laughs) a list and schedule, I mean, I'm definitely kind of like that. I like to know when things are happening and having a baby is not like that. They literally just come whenever they want to. So (laughs) it is a crazy experience all together. Um, but but it's it's so fun. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done, but also the best thing. So it's kind of yeah. crazy. It's true what they say. And if you can hear him making little noises, that's because he's sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's go into, there's like so many things I want to ask you, but let's kind of go into a little bit more of like what a bookkeeper does. Because the story that you said about your wedding photographer was like not totally sure of like what bookkeeping is and like what maybe a bookkeeper does. I feel like I know a lot of people that maybe don't quite understand what that is. You know, you you hear of accounts, you hear of CPAs and tax preparers and that kind of thing. But like, what does a bookkeeper specifically do? Yeah. So bookkeepers are in the day-to-day transactions of your business. So they will go in and categorize all of your income, you know, different revenue streams into different categories, as well as all of your expenses and, um, you know, using your Stripe or your business bank accounts or your personal bank accounts, if you're using a personal account 
and they will produce financial reports for you that you're able to then take to your tax repair and, and it's, it's ready to be filed. So basically they are in the day in and day out of your, um, of your, of your cash activity that's going on in your business. And the CPA, a lot of people don't realize like, oh, I'll hire a CPA and they'll, you know, I'll just send them my bank statements and they'll take care of it. But those are really two different um, services. And a lot of times, you know, you'll, people don't realize is that even if you are working with a CPA, you as the taxpayer are responsible for the accuracy of what that person is reporting. So if you're giving them you know, what you think is right, they're not really auditing it or reviewing it to the level of, of what a bookkeeper would do. So not only that too, but the the information you get from, from doing your bookkeeping or by having a bookkeeper is basically how you're going to be able to plan your year out financially. So, you know, what type of investments can, can you make or how much can you pay yourself? So bookkeeping really gives you the answers of, of the operations of your business versus a tax preparer is more like, um, compliance with the IRS or with your state. That's, um, that's good to know. Actually, I feel like that's probably something maybe a lot of people don't realize is that you as a business owner are responsible, like what you just said, you're responsible for the accuracy of it. Um, cause I think, yeah, a lot of us probably just send stuff to a CPA and we're just like, okay, like, you know what you're doing, like make it all (laughs) legit. And, you know, to an extent, like that's true, but like you are still the business owner, like you're, you need to make sure your own stuff is, is accurate and, and make sure you understand like what's going on. Um, so I think that's, that's a good thing to, to keep in mind. So for people that are, cause I feel like something that's popular maybe to track your finances is some, like a, some sort of software program, like QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is the difference between what you do versus something like that? Or do you work in tandem with somebody that uses that kind of thing? Yeah. So for, um, my monthly bookkeeping clients, they, I use a software like QuickBooks. There's another one called zero. So those softwares really allow us to, um, produce a lot of different financial reports. So the bookkeeper basically knows is how to use the system and will do everything for you within QuickBooks. So, you know, a good bookkeeper will show you how to run reports and um, also provide them for you. But there are a lot of different, you know, different types of reports that you can run. Um, But if you are not familiar with QuickBooks or with a bookkeeping software there, it's really easy to make errors in those types of reports. So typically for like newer business owners or for people who maybe only have, you know, one bank account and it's pretty simple. I usually recommend to start off using a spreadsheet instead of QuickBooks, just because QuickBooks will recommend certain things and it's not always accurate. So, and it can get really confusing. So keeping it simple with some, some type of Google sheet or Excel sheet is usually what I recommend for newer business owners. Yeah. For you, just as like an individual, because I feel like bookkeeping and just the thought of finances and like, I don't know if this is just like a random thought I just had, but like, it's so intimidating and scary for so many people. What about it is like interesting to you? Like, why did you decide you wanted to be like specifically a bookkeeper versus like 
an accountant or an astronaut for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have a really analytical mind. Like I like to dissect things and, and analyze things. And that's really where I thrive. Like Mm -hmm. before I'm embarrassed to say, but before this call, I've been, I've been nesting. (laughs) And so I've been like selling, I've been, you know, binging, like getting rid of old stuff and like selling it on Facebook marketplace. I literally created a spreadsheet tracking like how much money I've been making from Facebook marketplace. And like, I don't know, I just, I just thrive off of like analyzing numbers and breaking it out. Like for example, one of my clients, she is a professional organizer and she does a lot of travel. And so for her clients where she travels far, she charges them a traveling fee. And one month I noticed that the traveling fee that she was charging her clients was less than like what she was actually paying to travel because she has this giant van and gas was $6 a gallon. So she was dumping all this money into her tank and she wasn't passing that on to her client. So things like that, I'm able to point out for people who might not be as analytical or number savvy. Um, and she was able to take that information and then go ahead and charge her future clients appropriately, like what she was actually incurring for that, those travel expenses. So I just really enjoy it. And I'm also able to help people who aren't at like, maybe that isn't their strong suit or they don't enjoy it. That's so interesting. (laughs) One, the nesting thing is so funny because I mean, (laughs) like everyone talks about nesting when you're pregnant and you don't really realize what that actually is until (laughs) you're pregnant. And then you just, it takes over your whole life. You just want to get rid of everything. I remember the last like few weeks of being pregnant, me and my husband were just like throwing everything away. <laughs> like going through every room individually. And I'm like, we got to get rid of all of this. That's <laughs> so funny. I cleaned um, out my garage last week with my mom. I filled like my whole SUV and we went to the dump. Like it is so funny. I never thought that. I don't know. Yeah. I never it, thought nesting. I didn't understand what that is, but I totally get it now. Yeah. It just like something in your brain just goes off and you just want to get rid of everything. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. And I love that you have a spreadsheet for it too. That just, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny, but like it, it's, it just makes me feel good knowing that like people genuinely love what they do to the point of like they're using it in their day-to-day lives and Mm -hmm. they like it just shows that you're doing what you should be doing kind of thing like if that's what you're doing in your own life then I just think that's so cool that that's like also what you do for like a profession and also um like what you were saying about how you help like you were helping that one client with um like figuring out like how she wasn't charging enough and things like that i think that's cool to know that when you hire a bookkeeper too it's not just somebody's just checking off boxes for you and and just categorizing things for you it goes beyond just that like you're helping people figure out how to make more money and how to profit better And I think that's really important too, because a lot of people don't, if you don't have that like analytical brain and you have more of that creative maybe mindset of, 
I just don't want to think about the numbers and the money I just want to do. Cause I feel like that's a lot of creative industries, you know, I'm in the photography industry. So like, mm-hmm. that's definitely more my brain is I don't want to think about money and numbers. I want to <laughs> take pretty pictures and like do fun, colorful things. Like, and so to have somebody in your corner, be able to say like, okay, you need to start charging more or you're not, you know, you're not doing this right in this area of your business, like change these numbers around. Like, I think that could be so helpful and it's super intimidating. I get that before maybe hiring somebody. And I felt the same way about taxes before hiring an accountant. I thought taxes were so scary and intimidating. And then once I actually talked to somebody who knew what they were doing, I just felt like a huge relief. And Mm -hmm. I think bookkeeping could be the same way. Like just having somebody do the parts of your business that you don't feel confident in, like takes such a huge weight off your shoulders. Do you ever wish that you could just have your next month's worth of content planned out for you, or at least have some help making a plan that is actually strategy-based and not just throwing a noodle at the wall and hoping it sticks? I feel ya. One of the hardest things for so many business owners and brands is coming up with content ideas that get them noticed or generate new leads. Well, you're in luck, my friend, because I am here to help. I know what it feels like to be in that creative rut of not knowing what to post, running out of ideas constantly, and just trying to keep up with this crazy content based market. So with that, I created a brand new freebie that will help you not only create an actionable plan for the next month, but I'm also giving you 30 days worth of content ideas totally free. This guide walks you through the exact thought process that I use when planning out my own monthly content, including an example as well as so many other kinds of tips and tricks to make your life a million times easier and to make your content more intentional. To get your hands on this totally free guide, head on over to Sarah Elrod dot com slash 30 days of content or you can click the link in the show notes yeah and I think too if you're not if you're not looking at your numbers it you can be you know paying for more subscriptions than you should or you know I even had a client who was paying for the same subscription on two different bank accounts and so I mean little things like that I mean can add up and you know if you're not if you don't have the availability or the time, the energy or whatever it may be to, to look at your numbers, somebody needs to be in there to, to be able to catch those types of things so that your profit is as high as it can be. So you can, you know, keep that money and not have it all go out the door. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Are there any like common issues or mistakes that you see people making like when you take on a new client are there like typical things that people tend to be doing that maybe anyone listening might be like oh shoot me too (laughs) yeah I think the number one thing that people don't do is keep their personal finances separate from their business and a lot of times people are LLCs so they're limited liability companies that, um, you know, they think they're protected by this limited liability, but if you are, you know, commingling your personal and business finances there, you're, you're not really separating the two. And the whole point of being an LLC is to have that legal separation. But if you're not operating your business as a business, um, you know, if something were to happen, you were to get sued or I'm not a lawyer by any means, but keeping your business finances separate from your personal not only makes it easy to do your bookkeeping, but also ensures that you have that liability protection if you are an LLC. And also um, another one is just having, you know, too many, too many bank accounts, too many payment processors, things like that, where it just gets 
uber, uber complicated. Mm. Um, it just to keep things as simple as possible. I try to limit the number of, of, um, payment processors for sure, but also, you know, bank accounts, but with that being said, having multiple bank accounts, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's more so like if those are, you know, commingled with personal, that's where it gets a little bit muddy. Mm. That's, um, that's an interesting, I never really would have thought about the, um, like payment processor thing, having multiple, but that makes sense how that could be like complicated. Like you're looking at statements and things like that. And it just seems like things are coming in and out from all kinds of different places that could definitely, I think, make things complicated. Um, is there, so if you were to maybe, I guess, work with a new client or even just give advice to anybody listening as far as how to maybe set yourself up from the beginning better, um, do you have any tips or advice on somebody either just starting out in their business, like how to kind of right from the beginning, like set yourself up for the best possible financial success, whatever I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think just opening up a separate business checking account. So keeping the funds separate, you know, personal and business is great, but also, you know, having the, the account that is your business account, make sure that it's opened up in your business's name and that all of those subscriptions and charges that are run, that are business expenses are actually run through that account. And it seems like sim- a simple thing. Um, but sometimes it can, it can be the biggest and scariest thing to do when you're new in business is opening up that business bank account. Maybe you aren't taking clients yet, or your expenses are more than what you're bringing in, which can be um, intimidating. Like if you hire a coach or, you know, you have equipment that you need to purchase the easiest thing to do for newer business owners in that case is when you open up that business checking account, transfer a fixed amount, however much you want, say, a thousand dollars or $5,000, however much you can afford, you can transfer from your personal account to your business account and use those funds to operate your business until you are profiting. So I think that that's something that people get really hung up on is they're like, well, I don't have any money coming in. So I'm just using my personal account, but transferring from your personal to your business is is a simple way to keep things separate, even when you're not making money yet. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that was a thing you could do. So I'm <laughs> sure somebody has. I'm learning so much. I should be taking notes. <laughs> this is like the person who's like the, you know, a really outstanding finance person. Like, I, I mean, I can pretty much almost guarantee almost everybody has used personal funds to pay for business funds. So if you're there, it's there's no shame at all. This is like, you know, this is the overachiever. If you want to do things super legitimate, that's what I would recommend. Okay. No, no. I mean, it's, I feel like it's good to know. And it's, you know, it's one of those things like people just don't, sometimes you don't even know what you need to know. And so something like this, like having you be so open about it, I think is really cool because for somebody that just doesn't even know where to start with this stuff, it's like, you don't even know what you don't know. You don't know what questions to ask or what things you should be focusing on before maybe they're ready to hire a bookkeeper or they want to, but you know, they they want to take a couple steps first, you know, I think it's just good to know like what those things are, like how to get mm-hmm. there and, and how to set yourself up. Um, is there for, and I mean, kind of for the other end of it, if there's people that have maybe been in business for a few years, but maybe they never felt like they were super great at tracking their finances. I mean, is it, 
too late for them? Is Can you be too far gone? I mean, how do you kind of get back on track if you feel like you haven't been super great at managing your money? No, I mean, I think that you can start at, at any time for sure. Tracking your numbers. Um, usually, you know, right now we're in October. So I would say to start like where we are now and then kind of, well, if you need to have all the data for taxes, you know, slowly go back, you know, once you're done with October, then go back to September and look at those numbers. And then once you have those done, you know, go back to August and, and kind of take it slowly. But um, I think kind of changing your mindset of like, oh, I hate numbers and I, I dread looking at this and maybe, maybe it's not what you want it to be. So you're kind of scared to look at it or, um, you just like, don't like, it's just something you really don't enjoy doing. Then in that case, I probably would hire a bookkeeper, but I really do think that even if you have a bookkeeper and a CPA, all of those things as a business owner, it's super important that you're understanding the numbers and what you're looking at. So when you hire these professionals, you know, you want to look for somebody who has the heart of a teacher who is going to actually help you understand. And that way, you know, you can make financial decisions because your bookkeeper can show you and explain everything to you. But ultimately you as a business owner is the one that are making the decisions of, you know, making investments and, you know, outsourcing things. And it's so subjective. So they can't tell you like, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. So it's important that, you know, they're able to help you understand what's happening in your numbers. And Mm -hmm. my accounting professors in, in college would always say that accounting is the language of business. So if you don't speak accounting, you can find somebody to translate for you those numbers into words. And that's something that I always think about in my business now is like, I feel like I'm translating these numbers into words that actually make sense. And even like with my clients, they get some visual reports because I do work with a lot of creatives and these financial reports can be really boring. So, um, it's fun putting together these visual reports because I'm not super creative, but I like to try to speak to my clients in a way that they're able to digest and understand it. Ooh, I love that. That's so, so that's just like business smart 101 right there. <laughs> like knowing who your clients are. Cause I mean, that's such a good idea for you being that your client base is yeah. Creative entrepreneurs and our brains work in colors and shapes and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we sound like toddlers. No, <laughs> um, but that's so, I think that's really smart for you not to just hand over a uh, random spreadsheet with all these numbers that just are gibberish to us to have something that is a little more laid out um, in a way that we understand. I think that's really, that's really helpful and smart. And probably even for people that aren't necessarily super creative, but maybe that stuff is just intimidating to them to have things laid out a certain way, I think is really cool. Um, Yeah. So I do really like that. Is there a like, do you prefer, or do you recommend people use a certain bank or are they all kind of the same, like for business banking? Um, usually I will recommend to business owners to find a check, a business checking account that doesn't charge you a fee, or if they do charge a fee, make sure that you're avoiding it because it's really not necessary to be paying like 10 or 15, $20 a month, whatever it may be to have just a simple checking account. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have a few that I I like and recommend. Um, there's a bank called Novo or not, not Novo. Um, 
I'm sorry, Relay. Mm -hmm. Relay Financial is the bank that I enjoy because they let you open up as many checking accounts as you want for free. Um, And they have really great connections with a lot of the banking softwares and they're a very you know, good up and coming bank. And it's nice being able to have different accounts, you know, so, you know, at least a few, like I like having at least like an operating account that you process most of your transactions through. And then also a tax savings account where you're able to put money aside in a different account. And these secondary accounts don't have too much activity going on, but it is kind of nice having like these different like buckets, so to say, to, be able to save for certain things like taxes or investments that you want to make. Um, and then another popular one, I would say like 90% of my clients use chase. Um, but they do charge a service fee of $15 a month, unless you keep a certain amount of money in there. And I believe it's $2,000. So that's something to keep in mind, but they are pretty reliable and I don't ever have any issues. So those are usually the two that my clients gravitate towards. That's cool. Um, I know kind of the, and I'm assuming Relay is kind of like this, but it's like all online, right? They don't have like, they're not like a brick and mortar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've noticed that those are becoming more popular and I think it's a really good idea. Um, I just wonder if it's like maybe people question it because it's not, you know, your typical ones you see on every street corner if they like, if that makes them nervous using something like that. But I think it's really smart being that you know, even a lot of people listening tend to live in more rural communities and where there's not um, whatever bank on every street corner. Mm -hmm. And so um, like my husband, when he had his business, he's, he used Wells Fargo because where he lived, he's like, that's the only, he was up in Montana at that time. So he's like, that was the only bank that they had up there. Like they didn't have any other options. So I just went with them because they're kind of everywhere, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's smart to have these more just online based banks where you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to, you mm-hmm. know, worry about finding one that's local to you necessarily. So. That's- yeah. And I think a lot of times, well, at least the clients that I work with, they pretty much don't ever even go into the banks anyways. I mean, especially with like COVID and everything. Like I think people pretty much got used to doing everything online, but even more so their clients don't really pay them cash or check typically. Yeah. So these online banks are almost preferred and the online only banks actually have kind of more features than some of the, you know, brick and mortar. Is that the word for it? Yeah. Banks, the physical banks, because they are online only. So I'm pretty sure with relay, like if you needed to write a check and send a check, there's a way to like do it for free. So like, and, and they like mail it for you. So, I mean, they have all these different types of features. Um, and it, it is really not super common that, you know, we have to go into the bank, but I do understand people who like the personal aspect of it too. Cause that is also nice. Yeah. So when it comes to something like, um, cause I know you talked about having different like checking accounts or buckets, savings account for taxes, all that kind of stuff. When it comes to say paying yourself, is there a certain percentage that people should be paying themselves or does it just depend on how much you made? Like, how would you go about advising someone how to actually pay themselves as a business owner? Yeah. So that is a subjective answer. The answer is kind of varies by your situation, right? So 
you'll want to be making sure you're looking at your profit numbers. So again, like this requires you to do your bookkeeping. So, you know, you have your revenue amounts, which is all the money you collect from your clients. And then you also have your expenses. So what's left over after paying for your expenses, you know, from your revenue is your profit. So say you collected $10,000 and you had 2000 in expenses. So your profit is 8,000. And so of that 8,000, you'll, you'll want to set aside an amount for taxes. So it could be anywhere from 20 to 30% likely. And so that's usually at the end of the month, my clients kind of get a summary of what their profit was, as well as a range of what they could set aside for taxes between 20 and 30%. So I usually will say, you know, do a one-time transfer at the end of the month or, you know, whenever they get their reports and put that aside. And then from there, whatever's left over is pretty subjective. I mean, you could pay yourself, you know, the rest of it, or you can choose to keep some of it in the business to save for future investments or save for an emergency fund, which I think is super smart to have three Mm -hmm. to six months of expenses, especially for things like maternity leave and and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have. So it's just so subjective. You know, if, if you're, income is relied upon by your spouse or not, um, or, you know, maybe you're a single individual and you need to pay yourself as much as possible, then you might be transferring everything that you can to your personal account. Or maybe you're in a season where you're doing a lot of outsourcing and you want to be able to hire more people. So in that case, you probably would plan to not pay yourself as much as somebody who relies on their income so heavily. So it depends on your personal situation as well as what goals you have in your business and what plans you have for future investments and things like that. Mm, Yeah, that's, that's good to know. Cause yeah, I feel like, um, you hear a lot of different things. Some people say you have to pay yourself a certain amount and some people say you don't. Um, and then, like you said, some people, maybe their income isn't necessarily needed in their family. Like it's, you know, their business is just extra money versus somebody who this is like, if they don't make money in their business, then they don't put food on the table kind of thing. So, um, I think it's just good to know kind of all the different aspects in that, uh, way. So if someone were to hire you or a bookkeeper in general, in that sense, what would it look like to get started working with you? What is kind of a day-to-day thing like with you? Yeah. So typically we hop on um, an onboarding call or a kickoff call where we get you set up in the bookkeeping software, either Zero or QuickBooks, and we connect your bank accounts. So at that time, it's super important that you have a business only checking account because really you can't work with a bookkeeper until you do. So by that time, you know, some of my clients don't get a business account until they decide to work with me. And that's totally fine. We can sort through the historical transactions of personal. That's honestly really common and normal. So starting from our kickoff call, we will get set up in the software and then I will start back in January of the current year. So no matter when we start, you'll have clean books for tax time. Mm -hmm. And so there's this on um, onboarding period where I go through and do the bookkeeping for however many months that may be. And now that we're deeper into the year, it's, it's a lot more (laughs) than if we start at the beginning or the middle, but it really doesn't matter when you start. I mean, you can start in November and do the whole, you know, years or even January and go back and do all 12 months. It doesn't really matter when you start, but, um, yeah, we just go through and categorize everything by income type. So if you have different, 
you know, revenue streams or even different offers like wedding package, ABC, or, you know, um, different types of revenue streams, as long as it's under that same business, you'll see the different types of categories. So you'll know exactly how much each different offering, you know, brought you in by month Mm -hmm. and also, you know, cumulatively for the year to date as well. And then, you know, on a monthly basis, we go in and we categorize all the income just like we did for the catch-up. And then you get these reports every single month. So you're able to, you know, kind of gauge throughout the year, how you're doing instead of waiting until tax time to, to scramble, to get everything together. <laughs> yeah, I know. Part of me is like, everyone go hire her. And then the other part of me is like, well, that means you have to go all the way back to January. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. And you have a baby on the way. Yeah. It's a bittersweet thing. You're like, yes, I want more money. And also at the same time, I don't want to be busy. <laughs> uh, that's how I was at least. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you're not. Um, yeah. But that's, that's good to know. I feel like that's just, um, I already feel better just listening to this. Like, okay, if, if, you know, somebody wants to go hire a bookkeeper, don't feel like you have to be intimidated. Don't feel embarrassed. Um, I think that can be maybe another thing that holds people back from getting control of their books is they're probably embarrassed. Like, oh, I haven't been managing this well. And I don't want anybody to know that I haven't been managing this well. And um, yeah, think- my friend, actually, I heard her recently, she's a bookkeeper and she was, she was comparing it to, you know, when you hire somebody to come clean your house and it's like, it's so disgusting. Like I can't have it look this bad when the cleaners get here. So maybe you do a little bit of like pre-cleaning and it's like, well, that's not the point of hiring the person, just leave it because I mean, they're going to be scrubbing it no matter what. So it's some same thing with bookkeeping is, you know, it doesn't matter how messy it is because we're probably just going to start with a clean slate anyways, instead of trying to, you know, untie any knots or, or finish what you started. Usually we'll just start with a clean slate. So there's nothing to be embarrassed of. And oftentimes a lot of my clients they're they think that they're doing a lot worse than they are. And, you know, oftentimes I'm really impressed. I'm like, wow, like you have a business bank account. Like that is awesome. That is a huge first step. Like you've, you're way ahead of the game here. Or, you know, one of my clients has these crazy spreadsheets. I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm super impressed by that. So you're, you're probably doing better than you think you are. That's such a good analogy. The cleaning thing. I never would have thought about it that way, but it's so true. Like people get so embarrassed by what they think they're doing or not doing. And, and, you know, that's why you do what you do. It's like, just, just leave it and I'll, I'll take care of it. And that's where it's kind of like that weight off your shoulders is like, it might be looming over your head as the business owner for so long. It's one of those things of like, you know, you should be doing it. And then when you can just pass it off to somebody else, I think it's just such a good feeling to know like, okay, it's being taken care of and now I don't have to worry about it. So that's very cool. Well, obviously you have a big life change coming here pretty soon. When are you, when's your due date? February 16th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So coming, coming along. Um, so what's, what's next for you? I mean, what are you going to be working on these next few months or are you just prepping for baby? What's kind of the next thing? Um, what's the next chapter of your life look like? I'm just curious. Yeah. So we're preparing for baby, um, also expanding the team here to be able to support our clients. So that's really exciting is, 
is um, expanding. And also we are coming out with a course here, which was supposed to be this fall, but it's actually going to be winter. (laughs) It was pushed back a little bit, but this is going to be a money management course specifically for, for your business finances. And it's going to have a bunch of tools to help you manage your money, as well as a bookkeeping tool that is really, really cool and powerful that I'm excited to share. So that will be coming this winter. Yes. You guys heard it here first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Keep a lookout for that. Um, Oh, that's so fun. I love that. That's really exciting. And um, yes, everybody will have to just definitely uh, keep following you along so they can know when that comes out. So speaking of that, where can people find you online if they want to get your course eventually, or if they want to hire you or work with you or just follow along and see your cute baby whenever he's born? Yes. Yeah. So I'm mainly on Instagram at born to Rome bookkeeping. And then I also have a website born to Rome bookkeeping.com. So those are my main two platforms, which I love. Cool. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I feel like I could probably ask you a million more questions, but I will not <laughs> let people just sit here and listen to me ramble all day long. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for being willing to come on here and talk about what it is that you do. And hopefully, um, people listening feel way less intimidated by the thought of bookkeeping and managing their finances. Um, I know it's a scary, scary topic. So I'm excited to have you on here to kind of ease some of those nerves. Yes, for sure. And hopefully get you a little bit more excited to celebrate some money wins instead of dreading those the the numbers in general. I think that's such a good, yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. Um, somebody always used to say like, there's power in numbers. And I think people tend to freak out one way or the other, you know, they think they're maybe doing worse than they are, but then you actually take the time to go through your numbers and you realize, wow, I'm doing pretty good. Or I made like good profit this month. Like that's so exciting. Um, so I think one way or the other, like knowing either you have stuff you got to work on and kind of just biting the bullet and taking care of it or realizing, oh, okay, I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Either way, you got to face the numbers. (laughs) That's true. Numbers are important. Sooner or later. It's true. Very true. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Meg. And I uh, will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.